Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And do you ever struggle with food or fitness goals or maybe body confidence? Okay, that might be an issue that everybody uh, just thought, yeah, that's me. And so we're going to talk today to Kim Dolan Leto. Um, She's written a book called Fit God's Way. And she says the way the world portrays health and fitness and body confidence causes us to live in a thought cycle of, no, not good enough, and that brings defeat. But in Christ, we are free to live boldly as the very best versions of ourselves. Kim, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show today. I love that intro. Oh, nice. And now, are you in sunny Arizona? Is that where you live? I sure am, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. And what is the tempi there today? I would, I'm thinking about 65, that's, 70. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you want to address this issue and you're going to bring some light to this subject with some great tips. So where do we start? Well, I think one of the biggest things is that feeling of just feeling defeated and like white knuckling dieting and trying so hard to do it. And then it life happens and it just doesn't seem to work. It's like we have these goals, but the daily plan just seems to fall apart on us. Mm-hmm. and something we want, but I feel like it's the success is constantly eluding us. It's like we can't quite make it our lifestyle. And making it a lifestyle is how you succeed with it. Absolutely. In the book I just wrote, Fit God's Way, I I think we make the world's made it so hard. Secular fitness has made it so hard. I came from that fitness and I would, I was a transformation story. So for me, I kind of, my entrance to health was of desperation. My dad had a stroke. And for those of us, you know, who have someone we love in our life who had a heart attack or stroke or some terrible diagnosis that's related to health, it just kind of, it it makes you just think, oh my gosh, it's like, I feel desperate. I've got to do something. And I was overweight at the time and out of shape. And so there weren't any other answers other than like what the world does, you know, you got to diet. That's how you lose weight. So that's what I learned. But it never worked. And so one day at church, I just had a moment with Jesus that changed everything in the Word. And God started to reveal to me and show me that I didn't need to do this alone and that He's right there and He cares about every detail of this. And walking it out with Him is the answer that we've been looking for. Mm, That sounds wonderful. So maybe we can start by trying to redefine fitness God's way. I know you've got that in your book, so maybe we could uh, learn a little bit about that. Redefining fitness God's way means that it isn't just this perfection project to make your body look a certain way. I think anybody walking into the average gym right now, you'll think, you know, people are just, they're trying to lose weight. They're trying to reach numbers. They're trying to look a certain way. But redefining God's fitness God's way means that we want the right heart motives. We want to come before God with the right motives to steward our bodies well for service to him because he's given us all a call on our life 
And to walk out that call in excellence, we need to have energy. We need to have mental acuity. We need to have our health. And that is redefining fitness God's way. It's not about what we look like. It's about who we serve and how we serve. Kim, you're making sense. You're sounding so (laughs) rational and sane. I love this. All right. You talk about the simple seven W's daily system. I can't wait to learn more about this. Okay. So... These are so simple. I feel like, you know, the world, I don't know if you know this, but it's a, the dieting industry is a $72 billion a year industry. That's, That's why lot. it doesn't work because like we need more products, more money, <laughs> more money. Right. Yeah. So, so I looked at it and I just thought, Lord, you know, how can I help people? And it was like, what are you doing that works? What's so simple. And what I came up with is basically what did Jesus do? And this, this is as simple as it gets. You know, he, got up early. He got along with his father. He prayed. He ate whole God-made foods. He ate the foods that God made. He didn't live to eat. He ate to live. He drank water. He walked everywhere. He came to serve. He he wasn't having people come to him. He was walking everywhere, even hiking. And he worshiped his father and he served with excellence and he finished his his race with, you know, complete endurance. So I think for us, if we just look at it the simple, boil it all down to the simple, simple, simple things. Number one of the seven W's is get in the word. Being in the word with God is the strength training that our minds and hearts need because only God knows exactly where all of us keep quitting and how to help us break through that. He's got that answer, that that motivation we're lacking, that You know, maybe somebody's listening right now and they don't know what to eat or what workout should I do? You know, if you get in the Word and you start praying, God is going to reveal answers to you. So I think the the Word is very important. And then the other seven are worse because this world is going to throw everything at you to make you feel like less. But in Christ, you are enough right now. You don't need to lose a pound. You don't need to do any of that stuff. Obviously, we want to be as healthy as we can, but we need to love ourselves because Jesus loves us through this journey and not be at war with ourselves. And then also eating whole God-made foods over man-made processed foods, drinking more water, working out, worshiping God. And then lastly, I have the wake-sleep cycle because so many of us lack sleep, and without sleep, we cannot steward our bodies well. We don't have energy and just, you know, eating sugar and drinking caffeine to keep Mm -hmm. going is not not a road to health. So those are the simple seven W's. And if your listeners want a copy, I actually made a free guide where they could download it at fitgodsway.com because I am so invested in people's health. I believe the body of Christ, we need to take care of our bodies so we can steward our lives well. And I created a free download there where people could download all of those and a bunch of tips to get started. Okay. Uh, Kim, please say that uh, one more time, the location. Fit, fit Godsway, www.fitgodsway.com for okay. a free download, a free guide that has all of this and so much more recipes, workouts, scriptures about worth, and on and on and on. All right. Let's talk about choosing some fit thoughts because, you know, there's people listening that they might be a little sad today. They might feel a little lonely or isolated or they just didn't have a good day. And if you eat something, it will change the way you Mm -hmm. feel. And what you're putting in your mouth may not be good for you, but you want to change the way you feel. Okay. So fit thoughts to me are godly thoughts and they are attached to that second W, which is worse because so often I did this. I was an emotional eater when I was sad, you know, or when I, even when I wanted to reward myself, it was all about food. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing that because 
we need to stop the perfection and choose a grace-filled journey for our fitness. But there is something that's unhealthy if we're turning to food instead of the Word of God for our emotions. So addressing our emotions and the thoughts we think and just thinking about the fact that, think about what you're thinking about. Is this what God says of you? Is this the truth of what of who He says you are? Because you are not unwanted, you're loved. You know, if you're sad or depressed, He loves you, He's there for you, He cares for you. I think we need to spend more time really standing on God's promises and recognizing how much He cares about us and He's with us on this journey. So yes, turn to God instead of food. And I'm not saying it's some perfection project, but have grace in this journey for yourself when you miss it and to get back on track quicker because Mm. the enemy sure likes to keep us down. Yeah. Kim Dolan Leto is my guest. Her book is Fit God's Way. And Kim, when um, you have a uh, maybe bad knees or a bad back and moving is hard and as much as someone might like to get more exercise, it's they're they're restricted. What do you do? Well, I think there's just about, I mean, for me, I've had ACL reconstruction on my knee. I fully understand that. And it's kind of like a double-edged sword because if you don't have the musculature, it's hard to support the bone. So you have the pain. Mm-hmm. So I would just, you know, if you have knee pain, take up cycling, swimming, you know, you can get a when I went through my ACL reconstruction, they put me on a bike right away to get that flesh, fresh oxygenated blood pumping through my legs to strengthen them so that I would heal properly. So find the thing that you love doing that doesn't hurt your body. For some of us, it's swimming. For some of us, it's biking. I mean, there's absolutely every excuse in the book we can bring, but if we get with God and we're prayerful, all of us had something we loved doing when we were young. Try to try to do that again, maybe at a lesser capacity if you have injuries, but get involved in something that you love so it, it takes the work out of working out, right? Mm-hmm. And definitely we don't want pain, but we want to strengthen our bodies because so often the pain we feel is because we've lost that muscle tone. And so it's just our bones, our skeletal structures basically supporting us and not muscle. Does that make sense? It does. So Kim, when you... Uh, get up in in the day in the morning and you say, "Well, I'm getting a workout in today." Are you are you heading to the gym by yourself? Are you working out at home? Are you meeting other people to work out with? What is your what is your scan your schedule? All of the above. Okay, I think it's really good to mix it up, and I would encourage anyone that's listening. If you have a friend, you know, God, we're two or more. Two or more are better. Like God did not create us to be alone. God wants us to do things together. So if someone is listening and they want to try to lose weight, you know, or start getting healthy, talk to a friend, say, hey, let's go to this class together, or let's start walking in the morning or after dinner or with your family. And just little tiny movement breaks throughout the day like that are so helpful. But I do all of the above. There's classes that I love going to. I work out at home alone. I will also go to the gym. I do all of the above. I think that it's building it into your life in a fashion that works. And I actually have a workout series on PureFlix. If anyone's interested, they could check out uh, PureFlix is a Christian platform. And I have faith-inspired transformation training on there that they could do. But working out, I believe, you know, when you have that accountability partner, like imagine if I called you this morning, I was like, okay, hey, we're meeting at the gym, right? I mean, you're so much more apt to go versus Mm -hmm. a lot of people are just doing it alone. It's hard. And that's why we need God on this journey. And we need fellowship. We need community to support us. 
Yeah. Kim, let me take a break. I want to come back and talk about uh, eat to fuel your temple because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I just got a text from a listener that said, uh, oh, great. I just bought a bag of peanut M&Ms. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with that when we come back. Kim Dolan Leto is my guest and uh, her, her book is Get Fit God's Way. We'll be right back. Thanks so much for listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. If you enjoy what you're finding here, consider subscribing to some of our other faith radio podcasts, like mine, for instance. You can search Susie Larson Live at myfaithradio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Yeah, that is not exactly what I think of as workout music, but it's what we got. <laughs> Kim Dolan Leto is my guest. She's written a book called Fit God's Way. And right before the break, I had teased her to say, let's talk about the food that we need to eat to nourish the temple. Um, yeah. That's a big topic. That's we, we You often can't compete with what you eat. No, they always, there's that meme you see everywhere in the gym. It says, like, you can't out-train a bad diet. That's right. And it's, there's so much truth to that because as, um, as I'm a specialist in nutrition and a master trainer, and it, most trainers and nutritionists agree that it's 80%. Food is 80% what you look like. Mm-hmm. So that's a big number. So I look at it like this. God made our bodies, so we should be eating the food he made for our bodies. So it's like I mentioned before, it's, this is a grace-filled journey. So just start to evaluate what you're eating. Did God make it? Is it whole God-made food or is it man-made processed food? And just start to take a recipe that you love or a food that you love and just start to look at it and think, what could I replace here to make it a little healthier? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe getting rid of the white flours and sugars and that kind of stuff that's processed. Eliminating that stuff and replacing it with whole God-made goodness is going to actually satiate and it's going to satisfy your appetite. I mean, all of us know that you can eat a whole bag of chips and you're like, I'm not satisfied. That's true. It doesn't satisfy your hunger. It's not whole God made food. And that's why when you go to the store next time, you buy even a bigger bag. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I wanted to share something I wrote and it says, no diet can give you the spirit of self-control. Only God can do that. And I'm telling you, this stuff works. I It's taken a lifetime of Jesus working in me to see that the Holy Spirit will just say, like, hey, you know, that whole thing about there's there's no end to one more, one more bite, one more cookie, one more chip, one more drink. Like, there's, you know, a slip, it's slippery. And so the Holy Spirit really will convict you, not condemn you, but when you invite God into this journey and you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you will create results that you never knew were possible. I'm living it. It's, I went through a transformation over 20 years ago and I've kept the weight off. Oh, fantastic. So we do have, we do have the power through Christ to walk in self-control. Uh, let's, mm-hmm. talk, let's talk about when you go to the store and what you bring into your house, because if people talk about, I need to stop uh, eating so many cookies, well, my question might be, well, what are all the cookies doing in the house to start with? Yeah, it's so funny you say that. I have a saying, I always say, that the grocery store is our first line of defense. Yeah. Right. 
But there's nothing wrong with eating cookies. No, there's I nothing know. wrong with bake, baking cookies with your family. But could you choose cookies that have whole God-made ingredients instead of absolute garbage ingredients, mm-hmm. man-made processed stuff that is not, it is not good for your health. I mean, it's causing inflammation, which causes disease. It causes weight gain. It causes fatigue. It causes, causes the sugar crashing, the energy. I mean, it's disrupting your sleep. And I'm not saying you can't ever have it, but what's really interesting is once you start eating God-made foods, it retrains your taste buds. And like right now, I wouldn't even want an Oreo or I don't want to pick on Oreos, but that stuff just doesn't taste good to me anymore because I love whole God-made foods. And and I have in that www.fitgodsway.com, I have a whole bunch of dessert recipes there too for people because this is real life. We're doing real life. So I wanted to give you snacks breakfast, lunch, dinners, and all of that so that you have everything that you need. So make sure to check that out because God, I believe God wants to be on this journey with us and his foods are best. Kim, what if you don't like to cook or do food preparation? Then what? I There's so many restaurants out there right now. There's just no excuse. I mean, you can go, like I was at the airport and I found a whole, like whole God, the salad, it had like you know, spinach and grilled chicken and carrots and cucumbers. Like, and, and it had an olive oil dressing. It's like, you know, it's all of our choices. Like we are our choices. And I believe that God loves us so much that we need to choose better so that we can serve him better. Mm-hmm. So when you get older and your, your body changes and you start to say things like, well, I think my metabolism is slower and it probably is, or you start coming up with a list of reasons why you think that you know a healthier lifestyle may not be even um, possible. What do you say to that? I say I understand. I'm 54 years old. I fully get it. But the thing is, is that that isn't just a you know a carte blanche to just be like I'm not doing anything. Then like muscle building, like strengthening your body at this age is more important than ever. And Think about your why, you know, if you have children or grandchildren, don't you want to go on trips with them and get down on the floor and play with the kids and go in the backyard and throw the ball around? I mean, take care of your body so you can live well, not just for what it looks like, but to live well, to be strong. And to me, that's so important to feel strong. I don't want to feel weak. I don't want to feel frail. I don't want to feel like I'm unflexible or unable to do things. And I don't believe God wants us to feel that way. I I really believe that he, you know, like I believe in John 10, 10, it says like the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy, but Jesus came so that we may have life and more abundantly. And that abundant life is not a weak life. It's a strong, fulfilled life. And we can, we can all work on our strength Mm -hmm. and God, God is the strength and he gives us the strength. But strengthening our physical bodies is, is, it's an amazing spiritual discipline. It really is for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Dolan-Leto is my guest, Fit God's Way. So Kim, when you hear, uh, we all hear things because we're getting bombarded with information about our health and our, our fitness and everything else. Are there things that we are hearing that you, are, that you say, no, don't worry about that, or that's not necessarily true because everybody's trying to sell you something? Of course, it's a seventy-two billion dollar a year uh, business. That's a, every, yeah, it, it's just like this. Okay, think about it like this: Is there any get rich or get fit quick scheme? Like, think about Dave Ramsey. Cut up your credit cards, you idiots. Save your mm-hmm. money. Like, what are you doing? Like, we need to just have a come to Jesus moment and be like, okay, look, there's no shortcut. 
Like there, there is no shortcut. God wants us to do the work in him. And when you, when you adjust your life and you, cause I think about it, I mean, we're stuffing our face with food. So I, I did it. I was an emotional eater. How is that ever helping me get healthy? And so you see these diet ads and it's like, oh, if you take this pill and sit on your couch, you're going to lose 40 pounds in a month. Why do we even believe this? Why do we believe this? Why do we watch these infomercials or whatever and think that it's, I mean, it's ridiculous to think that we can get, God is, you know, God says you reap what you sow. So there's, you know, it's biblical. We reap what we sow. If we sow healthy food and, you know, exercise and good sleep and positive, you know, godly thinking, Mm -hmm. we're going to reap a harvest. If we don't, if we eat junk and we never work out and we don't take care of ourselves, we're going to reap disease and it's not good. And that's why I wrote this book because I believe the church really needs this message. So, you know, for, especially for moms raising, you know, moms sit in church every week and then they go to the gym and work out in the world all, all throughout the week. They go to church on Sunday and then they go to the world for fitness during the week. And it's like, we're, we're raising little versions of ourselves. We need to start teaching our kids to pray before we eat, to invite God and the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives because He is present and working in us, producing fruit in us. And it is just, it's so needed. This message is so needed because children are suffering from obesity now. They have a lack of confidence. And, you know, easy, what's easy and cheap is not healthy and going to make us any better. So, I just believe God really wants to give us an abundant life here and to serve him well. We need our help so badly. Mm-hmm. Kim, are we uh, drinking enough water or should we drink more water? I It depends on who, who you are. I mean, for me, I drink plenty of water all day long. And you know what a simple trick is? What? For so many people, they're just like, I, I don't know how to get a container that you really like and just fill it up with water and just drink it throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that sounds so silly, but if you just carry this water around with you and you have it there, it's going to help you because people don't realize they're tired. They have headaches because they're not drinking water. Mm-hmm. Dehydration, even slight dehydration causes massive fatigue. It does. So we want to we're hydrated. You know, and for those of us, like, I love Bible scriptures. I have Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 on my water bottle. It's cute. It's pink. You can get it at Christian Bookstore, I think. And it says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He'll direct your path. And I take that to the gym. I take that to work. And just having that scripture there all the time and that water is just so life-giving. Yeah. Now, one thing I know is Good health, uh, the found, at the foundation of good health is sleep. And there's a lot of people that are going to go, uh-oh, I don't sleep very good. We only have a minute left. Any, any advice for that? Start to create a routine. Get off your phone. Turn off all apps and stuff. That, anything on your phone, any blue light because it's disrupting your melatonin. It's robbing you of sleep. Open up your Bible. Read your Bible before you go to sleep. Write in a journal. Write a to-do list so you can go to sleep in the peace of God and wake up in His power. Well, fantastic. I got to number of amazing texts coming in right now. You've stimulated and and motivated many people. So, uh, Kim, thank you so much for doing the show today. I'm so blessed. And please have your listeners uh, reach out to me and download that free guide. I'm here to help you, and I, I'm just so honored and blessed to have this time. Thank you for sharing, me, sharing with me about Fit God's Way. You bet. Thank you so much. Kim Dolan-Leto is my guest. Again, get uh, Fit God's Way. We'll take a short break and be right back. 
It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Thanks for joining the show today. I hope you had a good day. How do you pray for peace when you need peace, but you're not in a very prayerful mood or you're not in a very peaceful, prayerful state of mind? Where do you find words when it seems like life is spinning a little bit out of control and you don't like that and you don't know where to pray, how to pray? My guest, Brooke McLaughlin, has written a book called Everyday Prayers for Peace, which is a 30-day devotional and reflective journal for women. Brooke, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, you're part of the Million Praying Moms, aren't you? Yes, I'm the founder of Million Praying Moms. We exist to help moms begin to see prayer not as a last resort, but as their first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Wow. We just had uh, some time with the new president of the university here, and he was talking about Mm -hmm. uh, his uh, praying mother and the way Mm -hmm. it impacted the life of him and his two brothers. And I have to say, it was profound. And I thought Mm -hmm. there was nothing quite like a praying mom. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I love that story. I love to hear those stories. And I really, you know, genuinely love to see the hand of God moving um, in children's lives through their mother's prayers. And I do believe that it, it's a, a privilege that God gives us to partner with Him in the shaping and molding of, of what He's doing in their lives. Mm-hmm. So, Brooke, why is peace not an emotion or a feeling? That's a great question, and it's it's probably one of the most profound pieces of information or pieces of truth that I have come across as we have pursued this uh, this library of, of everyday prayers journals uh, piece of which is the the latest one. The idea here is that peace is a fruit, not a feeling. Galatians five tells us that the believer in Jesus gets a seed of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control planted in them when they come to Christ. So the good news for your listeners right now, for everyone listening, if you're a believer in Jesus, you actually have a seed of peace living in you right now. And if those seeds are already in us, and if they're fruit, like any other kind of plant, they can grow. So with some love and attention and Maybe even the choice to prune and nurture the things that, you know, are in our lives that are are not of God, that would maybe hinder the growth of those fruits, they can grow stronger. And so we learn that, you know, everybody says, well, this is how I feel. And our feelings are good. And, and God gives us our feelings kind of as a litmus test. But peace and all the other fruit of the Spirit, they're not feelings. They're, they're, they're fruit, and God can grow them in the life of the believer. Mm, I love that. So how do you start praying for this peace when mm-hmm. it feels like God is not listening or God has left you or I don't even like the word abandoned because mm-hmm. God never does that, of course, but you don't feel connected or you feel like your circumstances are just too hard to bear and that you yeah. feel overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I want to just acknowledge that I know there's probably people listening right now who are going through, <clears throat> excuse me, extremely difficult circumstances, and they really are struggling mm-hmm. 
to find God in the midst of those things. And so I never want to take a Pollyanna approach to it or or say that you should just be able to quote a couple verses and, and have peace instantaneously. I do believe that peace is a work of God in our lives. Love that. And if that is true, then it, it, you know, it changes and our ability to get to a place of peace um, matures as we mature. But I think to answer your question, we have to go back to understanding what the difference is between peace that comes from God and peace that comes from the world. The world says that peace comes from our circumstances, how good and right and and maybe how easy they are. When uh, everything is going our way, we feel at peace, right? But Jesus said that in this world, we will have trouble. That's what he said. He didn't say everything is going to go our way. And, And yet, sometimes we act as if he did say that. Um, And we tend to feel a distinct lack of peace when our circumstances aren't what we dreamed they might be. Mm -hmm. But we know from John 16, 33, that our peace is found in Jesus. In fact, Ephesians 2, 14 says Jesus is our peace. The main difference between what the world says you need to be feeling to have peace and biblical peace is that our worldly peace can be taken away. If we're focused on our circumstances as our peace, then we will always risk losing our peace. But if we focus on Jesus as our peace, we cannot, that kind of peace can never be taken away. Mm, So good. Brooke McLaughlin is my guest. Her book is Everyday Prayers for Peace, a 30-day devotional and reflective journal for women. She was nice enough to offer us five copies to give to listeners. So if you'd like to get in on the drawing all you have to do is text the word book, just those four letters, B-O-O-K, to 877-933-2484. Again, text the word book to 877-933-2484, and we'll get you in on the drawing to win one of Brooke's books. All right, uh, Brooke, I'd love for you to take us through Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I think that was one of the most Googled verses in the last two years. I am not surprised by that at all. In fact, if we go back a little bit further, um, I think I read somewhere that the word prayer itself was one of the most Googled words of 2020 during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised to know that people, after having gone through something like that, want some kind of formula for peace. How do we get to a place where things feel stable and where they feel like I can I can handle what the world throws at me when we've just come out of this place where we felt like we were getting something new thrown at us every five seconds. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to say, first of all, that I do believe um, that, well, I, I, I will say I don't believe that God gives us a lot of formulas in, in His Word, but I do believe He gives us promises. And I think that Philippians 4, 6 through 7 falls into that camp of promises. I was studying God's Word for myself. It's, it's been a year or two ago, probably, and I was in Philippians. And as I read those verses that I probably read hundreds of times before, I felt like the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, Hey, Brooke, what if you actually lived your life as if Philippians 4 through 6 through 7 was actually true? Like, what if you took those verses and put them into practice in your daily life. And so when I began to do that, I kind of felt like there was this step-by-step guide for figuring out how to have peace in any circumstance. So the first step uh, is just, you know, the verses say, do not be anxious for anything, 
but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So if we follow that step by step, we basically have to understand when we feel anxious, we have to catch ourselves. It says, do not be anxious for anything. So this, the first step is learning what it feels like in you, in your body, in your emotions when you're anxious. For me, when I'm anxious, my heart rate starts to go up. I start to feel a little bit cranky or shaky sometimes. Um, and, and that's what it feels like for me. But it may feel a little different for everyone else. Whenever you feel anxious, catch yourself and actually say the word stop. Hmm. You can say it out loud if you're by yourself, if you want to, or if you're in a crowd, you can just say it to yourself. I actually did this at a basketball game last night. I was feeling a little bit anxious right there in the crowd of people. And I just said inwardly to myself, stop. But whatever you do, as soon as you recognize that anxiety, stop it. Hmm. The next step then would be to go to God in prayer. Wherever you are, right away, right this second, go to God in prayer. For me, I sat in the basketball gym on on the court, surrounded, completely surrounded by people, and immediately went to the Lord in prayer and said, Lord, this is how I'm feeling, and I need your peace. I need you to come right now and give me your peace. Help me in this moment. This is what these verses tell us, that we can, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. And then I got specific, and I said, Lord, I need peace. Not just I'm struggling, Lord, but I need peace. And when we go through this process, I promise you, you will, on some level, begin to feel a sense of peace. Sometimes it's going to happen right away. Other times we may have to work for it a little bit. If we don't feel it right away, we may have to wrestle a little bit like Jacob in Genesis 32 and, and, and refuse to move from the space that we're in until God gives us peace. Um, and if we find that we're circling back a few minutes later, we may have to go back and say, Lord, I need your peace. You know, the enemy wants us. He, the enemy wants God's children to be filled with anxiety because he knows that it keeps us from functioning in the power of God. So if we feel anxiety creeping back in, then we have to go back to God. Wherever we are right in that moment, even if you're watching your son play basketball, you can invite God into your moments and ask him to give you peace, just like these verses say. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooke, when you were saying you're watching basketball and you had to say stop, were you, uh, were you getting a, a thought coming into your head about something that happened throughout the day? Were you feeling anxious about the, the game that your son was playing in? I was feeling anxious about the game. Okay. <laughs> it was a okay. big rivalry game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, so you were in the moment being very present. You weren't uh, being distracted by other thoughts. Right, right. I was right there in the moment. I started to feel my heart rate go up, and I started to feel all the things that tell me that are indicators that I'm feeling anxious. And right there, surrounded by other people, I just invited the Lord to come in mm. and help me. And He's so faithful. He's, he always comes when we call. In fact, He's already there. He never leaves us. Um, he's right there waiting for us when we call. Mm-hmm. Did He win the game? <laughs> he did not. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I, I was going to no, say all that worrying for nothing, all that anxiety I for know, nothing. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Uh, Brooke McLaughlin is my guest. Her book is Everyday Prayers for Peace, a 30-day devotional and reflective journal for women. She was nice enough to offer us five copies to give out. So if you want to get in on the drawing, and many people are already, text the word book to 877-933-2484. So, Brooke, how can serving others lead to peace? The Bible tells us in First Peter um, chapter three to seek peace and pursue it. Pursuing peace does not always have to mean that we are involved in uh, conflict resolution or treaties like a peace treaty, or or even that we're necessarily responding to chaos. I think it could be that, but I think that pursuing peace simply means that God's people should be the ones that are acting in peace proactively. So let me tell you a little story to illustrate this. Several years ago, I I live in Virginia, and several years ago around Valentine's Day, it might have actually been on Valentine's Day, uh, we got thoroughly dumped on with snow. Um, Something like 22 inches of snow fell in just a matter of hours. And my husband had just had the first of two ACL reconstructions. He was still like, he was still on crutches. So he was of absolutely no help to me whatsoever (laughs) trying to keep the driveway clear. (laughs) And our boys were really young at the time. Like they were small. In fact, when the snow finally finished falling, it was taller than my youngest son at the time. And so they tried to help me. We even went out and bought them little snow shovels that they could try and manage But the snow was falling so fast that we just couldn't keep up with it. And so a couple hours after we had tried the first time, um, I I just gave up and went inside. And then I began to hear noises outside in our driveway. And when I opened the door to see what was happening, our neighbor, who was a brand new Christian, he had just started coming to church with us looked up at me through shoveling our driveway and smiled at me and said, love thy neighbor. Oh, beautiful. He just smiled and said, love thy neighbor. And he said it again each time he came out that evening and shoveled the driveway for me over and over and over again. He knew that we had to get out the next day to be able to get my, my husband to physical therapy. And he, a new Christian, demonstrated to me, a seasoned Christian, who obviously still had a lot to learn, that serving others is a joyful expression of promoting peace and loving others the way Jesus did. He got it better than I did, and it was a beautiful memory for me, a beautiful demonstration of what it means to seek peace and pursue it, and the the profound impact that those kind of things can have on our neighbors as they watch us love other people, love them the way that Jesus did. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that story. Brooke McLaughlin is my guest. Her book is Everyday Prayers for Peace, a 30-day devotional and reflective journal for women. We have five copies to give out and join in on the list to try to be one of the ones to get a copy. Text the word book to 877-933-2484, We'll be right back with Brooke. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. 
becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. I'm back with Brooke McLaughlin. She's written a book called Everyday Prayers for Peace, which is a 30-day devotional and reflective journal for women. Uh, text the word book to 877-933-2484 if you'd like to get in on the drawing. So, Brooke, if you had to explain to like a, a brand-new Christian like your neighbor who is shoveling your walk, I would just tell my neighbor, spring is three months around the corner, just hold on. That's what probably I would have said. <laughs> But if you were trying to explain to this new Christian that God is our peace, yeah, um, what does that what does that mean? What would you what would you say? How would you describe that? Well, I think at a kind of fundamental theological level, we know as as believers that um, Jesus made peace between God and man possible. So there's that. We can be as believers at peace with God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And I do find that it's really important for me to remember that in the day-to-day circumstances that confront me, because it's, it's, if I can trust that God has met my greatest need, the greatest need that I have with salvation and peace with Him, if I can trust that He'll meet that need, then it helps me to believe and trust that I, I, I believe He'll meet every other need. And so when I find myself in a place where I'm confronted by circumstances that make me, quote unquote, feel a lack of peace, then reflecting on the fact that God's got me in this is one of the first truths that I need to remind myself of. But I think God has also given us the truth of His Word so that we can apply it over our lives. And that's something that I would teach a new believer or or anyone who's listening for the, the the first time really thinking about how can I how can I live out of this space of peace not just feel at peace but how can I live my life like it's the foundation of my life this this peace that I have with God and it just comes from applying God's truth in every situation just like I did on the basketball court last night I began to speak God's truth over me God, you're here. God, you're with me. You haven't left me. You, you've you made a way for me to have peace. I can just start speaking those things over my life. And, and when I do that, when I choose intentionally to focus on the truth of God's Word, then it's kind of like putting glasses on. When I don't do that, when I allow my gaze to be on my circumstances, then it's like I'm walking around not wearing my glasses. And I don't know about you, but when I don't wear my glasses, I can't see very well. And I run into things. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's really important to put on the truth of God's Word. And I think sometimes as believers, we are tempted, at least I know I am or have been in the past, we're tempted to let those hard circumstances take us away from God or distract us from our relationship with Christ. But we can actually make the choice to, instead of allowing them to take us away, allow them to propel us toward Him instead. And it's a choice that we make, and it it may not happen perfectly the very first time, but as we put it into practice over and over and over again, training ourselves to go to God's Word, then God's Word will bring us peace, because it's speaking the truth, the real truth, not what we can see with our eyes 
or hear with our ears or taste or smell or touch. But what God says is true is often the unseen, but we have to choose to believe it. Mm -hmm. Brooke, I always believe God leads people to the program each day that he wants uh, to hear certain messages. And there are people listening right now. And the question is, what what's some way that I can bring the peace of Christ wherever I go with me? Mm-hmm. I think the first step is just to pray and acknowledge that God is there with you. When I first started praying, when I was a praying seriously, I will say, I've been a Christian since I was about nine years old, and I started walking closely with the Lord when I was about 21. But when my children came, they knocked my feet out from under me in all of the best ways. And I began to pray and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to come now. In fact, some of my earliest prayers sounded like, help me, Jesus. That was about it. That was the extent (laughs) of my Mm -hmm. prayers in that. But what I was doing was inviting God into the moments of my day. I wasn't just saying, Lord, will you help me pass this exam? Or, Lord, will you... Um, help me to make enough money to pay this bill or whatever we, you know, tend to pray on the daily, which those things are not wrong. But I was actually going from a, Lord, will you do this for me to, Lord, will you come and be with me? And that's relational. What I was praying before was almost transactional. But what, what I began praying when I had my children was relational. And that is what God loves. And so I would just say, if you're listening right now and you need the kind of peace that we've been talking about, start by inviting God in. Say, Jesus, help me. Come. Mm-hmm. I think we lost you there for a minute. You back, Brooke? Well, that's too bad because she was on a roll. She really was, wasn't she? Oh, it was fantastic. And I can still hear her, so maybe she's going to pop back she on might, here. She might pop, pop back on. Because uh, I, I do want to ask her about some of the mental exercises that have helped her to have more peace in trying times. I loved her illustration of being at the basketball game where anxiety was rising up in her, and she just said, stop. And right? she just made a point of going, I'm, I'm nipping this one in the bud, whatever that means. And, and I love using expressions like that. Nip it in the bud. Yeah, I'm not even sure what it means, but I love throwing I, well, that Well, yeah, I know what it means. That, well, we're of the same era, right? Yeah, right. The, um, and when she was talking about being a mom, that brought me, Bill, to a whole different prayer position. I knew that spoke to your heart. It really did. This whole conversation has, because I don't think, you know, we, we have motivations to pray for ourselves and for others. But when your kids are in the crossfire, there is something that just wells up in you. And it's, you know, God has chosen you as, to be the parent. And that means he's coming through you for his own child, right? Your children are really his. And he just... He just deposits things in you that make you want to pray differently. But I think the first thing, you know, she talked about recognizing where you're at. And sometimes as a parent, and especially a praying parent, you have to recognize who you are. Mm-hmm. When we see the true value of peace with God, it overshadows every other kind of noise the world might throw our way. And Brooks talks about this in her book, uh, Everyday Prayers for Peace. When we recognize that our greatest need is peace with God through the forgiveness of our sins and know in our hearts that no circumstance, good or bad, can take that peace away. Every other noise that would try to steal it fades. What a powerful message that is. That is. It's just, you know what I love about that message is it's concentrating 
our attention on Him. Mm-hmm. Because if we are looking at the world, we are distracted. But if we can keep our gaze locked to God, I mean, don't isn't that similar to what Peter happened to him when he walked out on the on the water? He he turned his gaze away and he looked at the wind. And Jesus had to say, you know, Peter, keep your eyes on me. And as parents, and especially in praying for peace, we must do that. Mm-hmm. We must concentrate on God's character. Yeah. I'm very sorry we lost Brooke. I, I feel like I still hear her on the line, but she's not able to right. get through to us. So um, all I can say is, Brooke, if you can still hear, hear me, I'm having you back on. Because we got more to talk about. And thank you for being a praying mom. Thank you for writing your book, Everyday Prayers for Peace a 30-day devotional and reflective journal for women. We've got five copies available. If you want to get in on the drawing, please text the word book, just the word book, that's it, to 877-933-2484. We'll get you in on the drawing. There's a lot of people that want a copy of this book, and we'd love to have you be one of those people that get Brooke McLaughlin's book. So, That wraps up our show for the day. I'm sorry that we didn't get back to Brooke, but I know we'll have her back on again. And I want to say thanks to Kim Dolan Leto, talking about exercise and and diet and nutrition and firing us up. And always appreciate the guys that come on Guy Talk and do their very best to answer your questions. You can always send questions over anytime you like. You don't have to wait till till, um, Guy Talk. You can send them in advance because I collect them and then bring them into the studio. So... Thank you for spending time with me today. I just want you to know that uh, whatever is uh, true, whatever is uh, noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.